Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. Today, we're looking at the tools for cooling an overheated economy. But first, I'd like to share an amazing opportunity with you. The Future of Money and Wealth was the premier conference of its type of 2018. It focused on how to position yourself for what we all know is coming, but just can't quite predict when. It's not about how much money you make, it's about how much wealth you keep. If you missed the Future of Money and Wealth, we have an amazing offer for you. The entire conference was video recorded, and you can get access to all 14 hours of the insights from some of the brightest minds on the planet. I'm talking about Robert Kiyosaki, Simon Black, Chris Martinson, Adam Taggart, Ed Griffin, Dr. Doug Duncan, Brian London, and so many more. If you'd like to learn more about how you can get access to this amazing video series, send me an email to fmw at victorjm.com. That's fmw at victorjm.com. We are back. Today, we're talking about the tools for cooling an overheated economy. The traditional tool that central bankers have used to cool an overheated economy has been to increase interest rates. The story goes something like this. Economy reaches capacity, manufacturing reaches capacity, and they plan for plant expansions. As inventory in certain real estate markets drop, developers start down the path of speculative construction. They expect the demand to materialize when the expansions are complete. That's when markets get overheated and they pull back in a dramatic way when the demand doesn't materialize. So when the economy is at capacity, finding the extra labor to do the work becomes difficult. Companies end up having to offer higher wages to hire the talent, and the wage growth is seen as inflationary. When that happens, the economists get worried that the economy is overheated, and they want to slow things down so that we engineer the so-called soft landing, rather than the severe pullback that can have dire social and financial impacts. Back in the day when imports made up a small percentage of the economy, Using interest rates to slow down the expansion and production would have the desired effect. But today, most of our production is in fact not domestic. We import a tremendous amount of goods and services. So the measure of gross domestic product is not actually a measure of production. It's a combination of economic production and economic consumption. And the vast majority of our economy is in fact made up by consumption, not production. When you look to slow down an economy by raising interest rates, you're slowing it down in a massive, very broadly based way. You're adding cost to everybody across the breadth of the economy, not just production. It's like using a sledgehammer to squash an ant. What we really want to do is slow down certain aspects of the economy, certain types of capital expansion, and investment in new capacity that's gone ahead of demand that's not sustainable. The other tool that central bankers have at their disposal is regulation. It has the benefit of slowing down the pace of commercial lending in very selected ways depending on where you set the regulations. It's a much more effective tool for slowing down the economy without necessarily adding a lot of cost to everybody in a broadly based way. That's precisely what several officials at the Federal Reserve are proposing. Some Fed officials want to use the regulatory tools that were developed after the banking crisis of 2008 called a countercyclical capital buffer. That's a fancy word that basically means they want to require the largest banks in the U.S. to sock away additional capital during the good times, that's now, so they have more to fall back on when loans go bad during the bad times. That buffer would require banks potentially to raise additional capital. Now, not surprisingly, the banks are pushing back. They're saying it's not needed, the economy is doing great, and they have adequate reserves. This capital would be long-term money the bank draws on to cover bad loans, coming largely from shareholders and from retained earnings. 
represents money that the bank is not on the hook to pay back right away, unlike a bank deposit that can be demanded by a depositor any day of the week. Forcing banks to hold additional capital might take pressure off the Fed to raise interest rates. Some officials like the tool because the buffer can be reduced when the economy actually does slow down, thereby providing relief to the banks when they really need it. Canada, the central bank has used regulation for a few years as a tool to selectively cool elements of the economy without having an impact on the overall economy. Specifically, certain real estate markets in Toronto and Vancouver have been seen to be overheated, and they really are. Canadian Central Bank and Canada's mortgage insurer have instituted a fictitious qualifying interest rate that is two percentage points higher than the actual interest rate today. So when it comes time to renew, say in five years' time, and interest rates are in fact higher, then borrowers will have qualified at the higher rate, thereby reducing the risk of default at that point in time in the future. But today, they have to qualify for a rate that's higher. So it doesn't actually cost them extra money. They just have to be capable of handling that higher interest rate. And if they can't, then they don't qualify. Now, of course, a lot can change in five years. But nevertheless, the government's constructed a lending practice that's going to be much more resilient in the face of a market downturn. And while I'm not a fan of increased regulation, I'm certainly not a fan of higher interest rates. I would rather see banks have their hands tied a little bit more, make it more difficult for them to lend money as a way of cooling off the economy rather than have them raise interest rates across the board. As you're thinking about that, pay close attention to what's happening with respect to Fed policy. In the meantime, have a great rest of your day. Make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.